Poker is not just a game, it's a strategy of life. And if you're going to take risk in life, make sure you're taking calculated risk. The game of poker, the strategy of life is comprised of three things, odds, simple math, and reading the other players. That's from the book, Molly's Game, and this is The Sales Life. This week, we're reading from the book, Molly's Game by Molly Bloom, which is which is being made into a movie. And it should be made into a movie, dude, because I don't think you could write a script like this one. Her life exceeded any writer's imagination. I mean, from extreme highs to extreme lows to guns to, to dealing with the mafia to the United States government. Dude, it's a whirlwind tour. And it's not like Molly came from this poor, abusive uh, childhood. It's not like she had it bad as a child and she just acted out as she got older. No, no, she actually came up pretty privileged. Her father was a doctor. Both of her brothers were athletic. They were extremely gifted. One went on to play professional football and the other one went on to graduate from uh, an Ivy League school and became a thoracic surgeon. And their or their mom was there all along the way also, teaching them values and etiquette and character. I mean, dude, if you were to paint uh, the the picture of a model family, it would it would be Molly and her family. It'd be the Blooms. But being the only girl, Molly, being the only girl, Molly always felt like that she had to uh, compete. She always had to compete against her brothers. Her brothers, every time they, they, it seems like everything they touched, they succeeded on. And Molly always felt like she had to compete against that. She always felt like that she had to prove herself. She always played with a chip on her shoulder. And so because she played with a chip on her shoulder, she played being able to take on different risk. She ended up being accomplished herself. She ended up on the United States, uh, uh, United States ski team. And then she was going in, uh, she was attending college, uh, going to become a lawyer. So... How did she go on to run one of the largest high-stakes poker games in the country? How in the world did she get tangled up and even threatened with her life and, and, and by the Russian and Italian mob? I mean, they told her, look, if you don't stop these games, we're going to go to Colorado, meaning they were going to kill her family. But they couldn't even stop her. Molly met her match, though, the United States government. With rifles pointed in her face, her streak was over. Molly went from having it all to losing it all. I mean, the book is glamorous. The book is also a tragedy. But, uh, but it's also a story of redemption. Because here was Molly facing a 90-year prison sentence. And in exchange for her testimony, in exchange for, for, for giving the goods, man, on, on famous politicians, uh, the Hollywood's elite actors and producers, all the, the who's who, man, she, she knew them all. Plus, she was tangled up with the, with the Italian and the Russian mobs. But the government said, look, you, you, can, you can stand trial and possibly face a 90-year sentence, or here, here's what we'll do. In exchange for your testimony, we'll drop the charges and we'll give your millions back. And you could just go about your way. Molly Bloom was all about taking the risk. She, she said that, no, I got myself into this, so I'm going to stand to the charges. So she said no. She stood to the charges in court, faced the United States government, and went on to live and tell about it. <laughs> 
Hell, dude, I, I could just stop right there. And that's enough of a synopsis of the book to, to, to make you want to just go out there and, and grab the damn book and read it. I mean, dude, unreal. How in the hell moments? Just makes you scratch your head, man. Makes you, makes you think, dude, sometimes you have problems. Sometimes there are things that you want in life, but then uh, at what risk? And, and if I were to face the same situation, bro, could you imagine having millions in the bank and, and, and then you're, you're facing and all that wiped out? But then the government says, Hey, we just need your voice. And if we give your voice, we'll give you all your money back. I can restore your, your ego. I can restore all the glitz and glamour that you've been living. We just need you to, we just need you to turn on some people. Or you can, We'll take all your money and you'll face damn near 100 years in jail. <laughs> I mean, they were bullying her into making a decision, into, into folding. But Molly was all about the risk. She said, no, I'll take my chances. Wow. But let's do this. Let's back the truck up, man. Let's step back a little bit and talk about her beginnings. How she, she left Colorado and ended up in Los Angeles, man. And, and she gets to L.A., and she's not sure what she wants to do, but Molly knows this, man. She's all about the risk. She knows she doesn't want to follow the traditional career path like her family. I mean, Molly is, Molly is, is, is all about, man, leveraging, and she's all about leveraging up. And so she, she, she ends up getting a job as a cocktail waitress at a, at a high-end club. And, and then this parlays, well, one of the club owners says, you're the worst waitress ever. As a matter of fact, he was abusive to her. And he said, why don't you come to work, work for me? See, he had a development company also. So she ended up parlaying that and, and ended up working for him also. But the verbal abuse from this guy was off the charts. Reardon, which was, which was the name of her boss, man, dude, this guy was ruthless. He never explained anything to her. If she had the audacity to turn and say, well, how do I do that? Man, he would cuss her out. He would just blow her up. He would call her stupid right there in her face. He constantly did that. He didn't give her an opportunity to explain herself. He didn't (laughs) No, was never an answer back to him. She had to figure it out. She had to figure it all out. I mean, she had to get these, I mean, he would call her and say, look, I, I need four um, uh, for tonight uh, at, this, uh, at this expensive restaurant. And dude, this is, this is LA, this is Hollywood. You couldn't, uh, I mean, these, these reservations that she had to figure out how to get uh, at these restaurants, man, they had months and months long of a waiting list. And so she had to figure out how to get a reservation that night. And she figured it out. She always did. She leveraged up. She always she she learned the power of leverage, and sometimes her only leverage was the opportunity. There's no experience to fall back on. There's nobody she could call and get some advice from. She didn't have any uh, any strings. She didn't know anybody, dude. She's she's new out here in L.A. She wasn't connected with anybody, but fear was her leverage too, and so she used fear and opportunity to figure things out. Molly Bloom. See, she didn't see the toxic uh, employment that she had. She didn't see it as their end game. It was just another opportunity, an opportunity to leverage. But see, her leverage was had a slight vertical tilt to it, a slight vertical slant to it. So she was always leveraging up, and she maneuvered through, man. 
having to figure things out. She, and because she had to figure things out, she weaved in persistence and grit and resilience, man, into the foundation that she already had of, of being determined. Dude, she was, she was determined to be a success. She said, as a matter of fact, when it comes to making money, she says, I have endless stamina. One day, Reardon, her boss, he calls her and he said, look, I want you to set up a poker game uh, on Tuesday. And I want you to text a few people. And he gave her the numbers to Leonardo DiCaprio, Spider-Man's Tobey Maguire, the uh, famous producer Todd Phillips who made the, uh, the Hangover trilogy. She had to text him. He said, set up the poker game Tuesday, $10,000 buy-in. And suddenly here was... Suddenly, here was Molly Bloom texting Hollywood's elite. She knew nothing about hosting a poker game. She knew nothing about running a poker game. Hell, she didn't even know the game of poker. But she figured it out. Always leveraging, remember? See, here was this unknown girl. This, this girl from Colorado, and now she's, now she's hobnobbing. Now she's on a first-name basis, eye-to-eye, toe-to-toe with some of the most famous people she's ever seen on the big screen. See, you, you, you get an opportunity. You always get an opportunity. And the fact that you have an opportunity is proof enough that you belong there. See, when we get in, quote-unquote, over our heads, what happens? Well, your mind starts to scream at you to go back. That three pounds on top of your neck, man, is, is reminding you of, your, of all your, of your deficiencies. Is showing you all of your weaknesses. You don't realize any of your strengths. Sometimes the opportunity is a strength. It's a leverage. See, when you judge your qualifications, of course you're never going to be qualified. Of course it's never going to be the perfect time. See, but when you judge your qualifications, you miss your opportunity. And sometimes your opportunity signifies that you belong. Molly liked risk. So it was natural. The game of poker just fit right into her personality. The game, the game is comprised, the game of poker is comprised of three things. Odds, simple math, and being able to read people. And it's not, poker's not like playing your game. It's not like, the game is not played by playing your hand. It's playing the other opponents. It's playing the guy across from you on the side of you. It's analyzing their body language, their betting styles, how they play with their poker chips in between hands. It's analyzing their facial expressions. Do their, do their jaws tighten? Do, do they start to fidget in the chair at certain, certain times? What's their body language telling them? How are they moving and maneuvering their fingers? Or do they have a nervous laughter? What is it? What's the body language telling me? See, Molly learned that Poker is a strategy. Poker, the game, is a strategy, but it's also a strategy for life. Odds, simple math, and reading the other players. See, when producer Todd Phillips, he sat down one day. One day she had to go collect a bet from him, and so he sat her, he sat her down and he started teaching her different aspects of the game. He taught her terminology like what pocket cards are, and pocket cards are the, the cards that you hold. He told her also what a bad beat was. And sometimes, uh, you know, a bad beat is, is when no matter what you do, man, statistically, you should be winning the hand, but you, do, you just don't. You just run a string of bad luck. You have a bad beat, but you got to play your beat out. You got to keep playing. You got to stick to your process. You got to, sometimes you got to fold. Sometimes you got to keep playing. 
I don't know if we're talking about poker or we're talking about life or we're talking about sales. That's what poker is all about. That's what having a bad beat is. That's what's learning. That's what that's the that's the leveraging of of the game of poker. And she's learning that Molly's learning that this is a strategy for life too. Todd also told her, told her about having the nuts. And the nuts, man, is 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 believing that you have the winning hand and and believing that you have the winning hand, either sometimes believing that that you that you end up stringing players along that way they that way they bet more. And sometimes having the nuts, man, is aggressively playing your hand. It's aggressively playing your hand and making others fold, making others put into the pot, but then to a point where they feel like they, they know that you have the nuts. Your, your confidence is so strong. Your, your playing style is so fierce that they end up folding, and you take the pot. Phillips told her, he said, poker is a strategy. It's a strategy of life. And if you're going to take risk in life, Make sure you're taking calculated risks. As the games rolled on, Molly would stand there and she would gaze at the men who had it all. I mean, these men were the... There was no no no's in in their lives. No, no, no. No, they didn't hear no. Dude, they could have anything. They could go anywhere. Fans worshipped them. So why would they show up in these seedy, dark basements... And play a game in the poker room. Bloom figured that out. She figured that out too. She said the who's who showed up. The who's who showed up. They played the game because it was a game of risk. See, now in their lives, they had no risk. I mean, their life had become boring. Nobody's telling them no. There's nothing to try to climb up to. See, when you can have anything in life... You get bored. I think that's why some people OD. I think some people OD, yes, they, they have some, some inner demons they're dealing with, but sometimes it's, it's raising the stakes. Life had become monotonous. My life had become boring. So they raised the stakes. See, these guys were showing up for the risk. And when you can have it all, man, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's unreal. It's got to be. Man, you can make it rain in the stores. You can buy anything that you want. You got private jets. You, you, the, 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 hell, the flight waits on you. Soon as you touch down, there's a, there's a limo there waiting for you. Nobody even, you don't even touch a door. Hell, you barely even flush the toilet probably. But see, when you get to that level, you get bored. See, what it took to get to that level, well, that took risk. Any level, any level that you're having to go up in life, you took risk. You took the leap. You took the leap, and when you fail, man, you learned how to get back up. When you got to the other side, it boosted your self-confidence. Risk is what makes you come alive. It's what makes you feel most alive, isn't it? That's why I love sales, man. I love sales because it's a risk every day. Dude, I, I, I don't know what hand I'm going, I'm going to be dealt with. I have no idea. And the risk is what makes me come alive. I don't like shift work. I, 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 I don't like to, to punch in and out on the clock. I like to go in and create my day every single day. I like the risk. Bloom figured out. She figured out, man, that's, that's what these guys kept showing up for. Because they felt like they could make something out of nothing. Regardless of last week's outcome, they showed up with renewed hope. And they played the risk. See, your mind is trying to mitigate risk. 
Your body comes alive when you take home risk. See, your mind tries to back you down. Your mind tries to tell you, <laughs> let up. But when you feel most alive, when you really think about it is when you push and you push through. And even as, as, as scary as it is, it also is exhilarating too, isn't it? See, your mind should be the servant. Your mind should be the servant of the body, man. But often it's the other way around. We let our minds back us down. Assess your risks today. Do you have any? Are you feeling that edge? Is there some uneasiness within you? Are you scared? <laughs> Are you scared? When's the last time, dude, you did something for the first time? Do you need some risk? Incremental risk, though, not reckless risk. You need incremental risk in your life. If it's making some cold calls, man, if it's if it's calling on a business, if it's if it's walking straight up to someone, if it's asking, actually demanding to see the loan officer. You know the one that's behind the wall that told you no? No, it's asking to see them. And saying, hey, give me some feedback. Give me some thoughts. What do I need to do to get approved? Even if it's posting a declaration on your bio page, not that you have it all together, no, that you're a fat ass and that you're going to lose 50 pounds by July. You put that shit on your bio instead of loving dad of four kids. No, got to lose 50 pounds by July. You put that shit out there and you leave it up there for others to doubt you. Man, risk up. Not risk, uh, not, 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 not reckless, man, but calculated. Odds. Simple math. Body language, playing the body language, not only the body language that you see, man, but also playing the body language of yourself. See, others are trying to get a tail on you. You don't always have a winning hand, but you can sure as shit play like it. People don't know your pocket cards, man. The pocket cards are what you hold. They see, they see the circumstances that they can see with their eyes. They can assume something. They can see something on life's tables, but they don't know what cards you're holding. You have no clue. Now I think too often in life what we do is is you're showing up <laughs> you're you're showing your cards, man. You're showing up and showing your cards too often to the wrong people. You're flipping your cards to your boss, to your so called friend, asking them, Hey, you think I got anything here? And they're saying, Nah. Nah, you don't you don't have anything there. Just fold. Stay where you're at. Play safe. Be mediocre. People make decisions and what's best for them. You realize that, don't you? People are going to make decisions that is tilted in their favor. Won't you make the decisions that's best for you? You got pocket cards, man. Odds, simple math, and body language. Your body language. And then playing the body language of what you, what you see with others, man. Play your game. Bluff and perception are much more important than, than truth and circumstance, Molly Bloom said. Sometimes, man. Sometimes, dude, you, you, you got to just make that call. You got you to gotta walk into that room knowing you got a weak hand, but playing like, like you got a strong one. Bloom learned that. Bloom learned that. She said, it, it's, it's not what you know, man. It's, it's what you make other people think. Because, see, People are playing you. Yeah. Yeah, you're being played. People are playing you. Not because you're some weak fool. It's because of how you carry yourself. Based on, based on how you carry yourself, people are playing you. Your body language, your facial expressions, the way you dress, your confidence, your bravado. 
man, you got to play them. You got to play yourself. See, you got to play yourself also. You got to make sure that you have the right body language. You can't bluff it if you don't first believe. Dude, you got you got some qualities in there that you you give no credit to yourself about. You're so lustful of what everybody else has, what they possess, and you miss the fact of the talents and skills that you have. Dude, you got a strong hand. You got strong pocket cards. You just don't play them right. You got to first believe. You got to believe. You got to convince yourself first. And then you play your game with bluff and perception at times. Odds, simple math, and body language. Play that damn table. I see what's on the table. But what you, what do you have in your hand? Play your game, dude. Play the nuts. The book is Molly's Game by Molly Bloom. I'll put the uh, link to the, in the uh, show notes of where you can get the book. Get it. It's a great parable, man, of, uh, of, of, of rising and falling and, and playing through. We all want perfect, man. We always want something in life that, oh, if I just had this. But sometimes, man, it's just playing with the cards that you're dealt. And if you play those cards, if you realize you take stock in what you have, that's, that's what this book is all about, then you can actually parlay into some significant, impactful things in life. Next episode, we'll catch more of Molly's game. We'll end up on the next episode of, uh, of Cap This Book Off, and then we'll figure out where we're going to go from there. Until next time, hit me up at thesaleslife1 at gmail.com, thesaleslife, the number one at gmail.com, or on Twitter at Marsh Bice. Until next time, I'll see you on The Sales Life. Hey, thanks for catching the show. Subscribe so that you never miss another episode. Also, share your feedback and show suggestions with me at thesaleslife1 at gmail.com. That's thesaleslife, the number one, at gmail.com. And share the episode with others. And I'd really love you a long time if you'd rate and leave a quick review of the show. This will help get the word out. Remember this, no matter what happens in life, life's all negotiable. And the greatest sale that you'll ever make is to sell you on you because you're more than enough. I'll catch you back here next time on The Sales Life.